Shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we want to honor you for this moment. It is your moment, Lord. It's only you that can speak your word. And we pray that may you speak your word this morning. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. So I have titled my message this morning, When We Go Off Track. You see, we, we're living in a, in a very busy and fast world where it is becoming so easy for Christians that are not very careful to go off track in the walk with the Lord. Amen. Some do find their way back when they go off track. But it so happens that others make a decision and a choice to stay on the wrong path to the end of the world. And the saddest part of all this is that sometimes we stray off from the path of the Lord without knowing or without realizing that we have gone the wrong way. Amen. And that mostly happens because, like I said, we are living in a world where everything is changing. And we're living in a world that wants us to blend in with how the world is. And the world wants us to be identified with the identifiers of the world instead of us being identified with what we are supposed to be identified with as Christians. And that's why it becomes so easy for someone to go off track and they don't realize they've gone off track and they take it as normal. Amen. And it is very sad when that happens. When you go off track and you don't realize you're going the wrong direction. And sadly, so others do that with all the energy, with all the zeal. They keep going. They keep going. Because they don't know they're going the wrong direction. They'll go without energy. They'll go with, if they're driving, they'll drive, burn all the fuel, cruising, but they're going the wrong direction. That's what is happening these days with a lot of us Christians. A story is told of a man, a 23-year-old tourist named Gabriel Bushman, who I think somewhere in 2009 in July, he went climbing up Mount Mulanga. And at that time, he was with the tour guide. So when they had climbed the distance, I think they were at the peak of the mountain. He thought he could continue all by himself. And he decided to tell his tour guide to go back. They wrestled about this because the tour guide knew the mountain better than he did. And the guide said, no, I cannot leave you alone on this mountain. I cannot let you go on this journey alone because I know the mountain better than you do. But this guy was adamant. And he insisted that the tour guide goes back. And the tour guide gave up. He went back. So Bushman continued with the journey on his own. And Mulanje Mountain, when the weather is bad and the mountain is so rocky, when the, weather, when the weather is bad, it can become very difficult to climb. And this man, on his way back, 
lost his way. Whatever happened, he did not go back. He did not return back. Only a month later, he was found dead in the mountain. But all this could not have happened if he had allowed the tour guide to guide him through. But he thought he knew the mountain better than the guide. A lot of us Christians, we think we know our future better than God and we decide to take the journey on our own. But truth be told, we have never been to the future. We don't know what's going to happen the next minute after this moment. And the only thing we need is the reference manual. The only thing we need is a guide. And the word of God is there to guide our ways. The Spirit of God is there to direct our steps and tell us this way you go, this way you don't go. It becomes sad when we get lost and we don't have anything to refer to for our directions. We forsake all the guiding tools, we forsake all the guiding principles and the end result becomes just like it happened with this one. Amen. Today I would like us to share a few things on going off track. And uh, we, we are going to look at about three, four things. We are going to look at why do we at times as Christians go off track. And we are also going to look at what happens to us when we go off track. Whether we've decided to go off track or it has just happened because we're living in this human nature, what happens to us? And what does God do when we go off track? And then we're also going to look at what do we need to do? Amen. Let's open our Bibles the book of Genesis chapter 3. We're going to read from verse number 1 to quickly 21. Now the serpent was more cunning, other versions say was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said we shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. How did she know all this? She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband 
with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you've done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your berry you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put an enemy between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall, be bru and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and, and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule, he shall rule over you. Then to Adam, and, uh, to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of, out of it you are taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife, wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of uh, skin and cloth. Hallelujah. Amen. We all know this story and we all know where it's coming from. God has created Adam. He's left him in the Garden of Eden, uh, in the Garden of Eden to take care of all the creation. And he's responsible for everything that God has made. And then he creates him a wife, Eve, uh, as a helper to him. Life was supposed to be super cool for these guys because they had everything they needed. They had everything they needed. But the enemy brought about trouble to this life that was supposed to be pleasant. Amen. He comes to them and he takes away all that God has given them. He takes away all the glory that is with them. All the glory that God has given them. Amen. You see, the enemy is very clever. There was last time I was, I was sharing, I said, the, the devil doesn't know what exactly is coming ahead of you. The only thing he is afraid of is the power and the authority that Jesus Christ has given us as children of God. And he knows that with that power and with that authority, 
we can do exploits and wonders. So he wants to take away that. But he doesn't, he has no clue, no clue at all what exactly God has for you ahead of you. Amen. But all he wants to do is to frustrate you and take away that power. And that's exactly what he did. He was so clever and he went to Adam and Eve. And what did he do? He took away all the glory that God had given them. Amen. They were guardians of the creation that God had created. And the two options they had were either to obey God and live or to disobey God and face death. And they chose to disobey God. If you go to Deuteronomy 28, you find all that's associated with obedience and all that's associated with disobedience. And they made a choice. They chose to disobey God. Amen. They went off track. Now, I want us to look at why do we as Christians these days go off track at times? Or go off track oftentimes? Amen. I'll only look at three things. Number one, deceit. Deceit gets us into a wrong path. Deceit gets us into a path that we are not supposed to be in the first place. Deceit in some quarters has been defined as the act or practice of deceiving someone by concealing or misrepresenting the facts or the truth. And that's exactly what the serpent did. He comes and is asking Eve, did God say you should not eat any of these? And Eve says, no, we can eat everything but except for this tree and this. The enemy, crafted, the Bible says, he, the serpent, was more crafty, was more cunning. He chose his words wisely. And he says, no, he didn't mean that. Now, he began to give a different perspective of what God had communicated to Adam and Eve. He deceived him. And whatever he was saying to Eve was so sweet in her ears. And then after the enemy had said that, Eve looks at the tree and the Bible says, she looks at the tree and she sees the soul so sweet, so nice. And she gets attracted to the lie that the enemy gave, gave her. Amen. When he's coming to us, he comes to us in a way, or he comes with words that would make us believe a lie to be true. He's so clever. He studies everyone. He just doesn't come. Amen. I'll give, you, I'll give you an example of marketers. You see, what marketers do is before they bring any product to us, before they bring anything to us, they have to study us first. They have to look at what is it that we like, what is it that we don't like. 
What is our uh, consumer behavior? Amen. So they, they do all that. They look at everything that is associated with us. And then they would build a person that is representing us. And then when they bring that product or they bring whatever they want to bring to us, they have to make sure that it is addressing the needs of this person. They have to make sure that it is something that this person will like. It is something that this person will associate with. It is something. So they come with all the knowledge that they have about, about us. And when they're coming, that's why we find that we are attracted to whatever they're presenting to us. Amen. That's what the devil does. He looks at us and he says, okay, if I go in this world, he's not going to accept this offer. But if I go this direction, if I use this one, he's not going to accept this offer. But if I use this one, they are going to accept the offer. That's exactly what he did. He was more crafty. He was more cunning. And in all this, he wanted to deceive Adam and Eve. We're living in a world where evil has become so sweet. Evil has become a part of the life. And it's sad that oftentimes we take it as, well, it's normal, it's okay. We can live with it. But when we decide to live with it, the enemy is capitalizing on that. And before we know it, he's going to destroy us. Amen. We have sugarcoated evil so much. Hallelujah. Number two, impatience. Impatience can make us go astray. The urge to get it quicker. Proverbs 13 verse 11. The Bible says, Worth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Amen. There's a reason why we have to go through different steps in every aspect of our lives. There's a reason why life has to be in stages. Let's take the life cycle. We go through stages. There's a pregnancy stage. And then there's the, the, the infancy stage, the toddler stage. And then we go to adolescence. And then we go to adulthood until we go to the senior, senior, senior uh, age groups we can talk of. There's a reason why we have to go through those steps. And one of the things that going through these steps does is each step helps to prepare us for the next step. Each stage helps to prepare us for the next stage. And it's sad that these days we choose as Christians to jump these steps. Amen. But there's a deliberate reason why God wants us to go through each of these steps. Yesterday I was, I was chatting with Auntie Naomi and we were talking about growing up. I said, look, I only have a few years to reach And 
At times it scares me. But then she said something profound. She says, you know, it's actually a sweet thing to be on the fourth floor. Because you begin to perceive life differently. And how do you get to perceive life differently when you're at the fourth floor? Because you have been on the third floor. Now, you stand on the fourth floor and you look at... Ah, okay. I think... Amen. She says, you see, there are certain things that you are so concerned about, certain things that maybe you were were getting easily angry about and all that. You begin to look at them and you say, "Ah." you let things go, you let let certain things go. Pastor Magdi, the other day, he stood here, he says, the other day he stood here, he says, these days I'm growing up. I've, I've grown up. Okay. Certain things that made him angry in the past don't make him angry anymore. And the reason is we have gone through the area steps. We did not jump steps. We did not jump any stage. But it's sad that these days, Christians, we want quick, 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 quick results. We have to go through stages. The prosperity message that's being preached today, it's good, it's not bad, it's good. Everyone has to prosper. Because the Bible wants us to prosper, God wants us to prosper. The word of God encourages prosperity. But if you jump steps, if you jump stages, it becomes disastrous in the end. And that urge to get it quick gets us off track. Amen. Truth be told, we cannot get ahead of God. In fact, we don't have to try to get ahead of God because He is meant to be in front and we are meant to follow. Whatever he says, we follow. Whatever he says, we obey. The moment we try to get ahead of him, it becomes disastrous. Amen. Because when, when, we, when we try to get ahead of God, we assume the role of God. There's a, there's a, there's a write-up, I think, which Pastor shared within the week. And, 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 and he talked about... When we try to do things by ourselves, what we are trying to do at that point is we are assuming the role of God. And we are, we are, we are basically saying, at, at this point, God, you're not, you're not that, that very important. I can do this on my own. Amen. And then we try to go to get things done quicker. And the end result is disastrous. There's a a vernacular saying, uh, I think one, one pastor, one reverend, he says, Ndawala, he cheated, and that was his 
So when we try to get ahead of God and we go the wrong way, however we try, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't amount to anything. Amen? When we try to get ahead of God and we go the wrong way, whatever speed we apply, Timango Benabo Fuero, Timango Benabo Enejatu, because we are trying to do what we are not supposed to do. We are trying to get quick things when we are not supposed to get quick things. We are trying to get to get easy results when we are not supposed to get easy results. We are supposed to go through each of the steps we have to go through. Hallelujah. Number three, dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction. This one is this one is critical. It gets us off track easy. We are supposed to be content with what God has provided for us. But these days, you've seen, you've heard of powerful men of God destroying everything they have built over years because the serpent comes to Eve and tells Eve, No, God lied to you. When you eat this food, he knows your eyes are going to open and you know good and you know and you know evil. And Eve believes it. But what the, what the enemy was doing here was to tell Eve that what God has given you in this garden is not enough. There is also this side of it, which was a lie. Because God, look, God has, has given them all the authority. It's like you're, 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 you're in, the, in the king's palace and they tell you, you can, you can have everything. You can use everything. You can, you can eat everything and or anything that you see in here at any time you want. You can get whatever you want in here. You have the authority in this place. Amen? And then you begin to desire now to go further beyond what you have been. What, what, I mean, the, the, the glory you have been given. And then you begin to desire to go into the bedroom of the kingdom. That's dissatisfaction. That is his place. It's not your place. You've been given authority over everything. You've been given all this glory. What more do you want? We've been given all what we need as Christians. What more do we want? Dissatisfaction and greed, like I said, has led many tough men and women of God astray. We have so many examples. The hunger for money. The hunger for money. 
You have all the money in the world. And you want more and more. And you devise evil means to get it. And you're a man of God. You're a child of God. Dissatisfaction has made us to hate our brothers and sisters because of what God has blessed them with. It's not, it's not your blessing, it's their blessing. Thank God for their lives. But we want it to be ours. And in doing so, we begin to go in the ways that we are not supposed to go. In trying to satisfy our needs. In trying to satisfy our earthly desires. It is only the Lord that can satisfy us in every aspect of our lives. Isaiah 58 verse 11. Let's speak to you Isaiah 58 verse 11. Isaiah 58 verse 11. The Bible says, The Lord who guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones, you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. It's only God that can satisfy our needs. Whether we're going through drought, we're going through troubled times, what we need to know is it is only God that can satisfy my needs. Hating our brother, hating our sister, being envious over what God has blessed someone with will not, will not satisfy our needs. It will only create trouble for us because it will divert But if we understand that it is only God who can satisfy our needs, we live a life that pleases Him. Quickly, so what happens when we go off track? Straying away from the way of the Lord can become disastrous. And some of the things, I'll just quickly mention a few. One of the things that happens when we go off track, when God says, you take this path and we take the different path, we lose ourselves. We lose ourselves. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit, the Bible says they had their eyes open and they discovered they were naked and they decided to make uh, clothes from, uh, from leaves and then they covered themselves. At this point, they lost their original selves. Because in their originality, God created them the way they were. And it was okay. It was perfectly okay. But they decide to go off track. And then they begin to discover, ah, looks like they are naked. It's the way God created you and it has been okay throughout. Why should it be a problem now? Because they lost themselves. 
Amen. They began to improvise. Because in the first place, God did not create clothes from fig trees for them. But they began to improvise things on their lives. Because they had lost themselves. They thought, Amen. That's exactly what we do as Christians when we go off track. We begin to think that certain decisions that God has made upon our lives are mistakes. But God never, God never makes mistakes. He designs everything in its perfection. And he's, he has never, he has never made any mistake. And then they found themselves to be naked. Now, nakedness, if, if you look at uh, the, the, the word nakedness in the Bible, it has been used to refer to weakness. It has been used to refer to humiliation. It has been used to refer to need, like being in need. And at this point, this couple, Adam and Eve, who had everything they needed and decided to make one simple mistake of disobeying the word of God and obeying the serpent, they lost it all and found themselves in a place of humiliation and in a place of lacking. And everything about them was exposed. God provides covering for, our ch for his children. He provides, if you're a child of God, God provides covering for you. But the moment you decide that, Lord, I don't want to go the way you want me to go. I want to go this way. It means you're saying, God, I no longer need this covering. I can go on my own. And what happens thereafter is trouble. That's why you find that at the end of going off track, at the end of going the direction that God has not wanted you to go, there's always humiliation. There's always shame. It's associated with all sorts of trouble. Because you've decided to let go of the covering that God has given to you. Number two, what happens when you go off track? You run out of wisdom. Yeah. Because the only wisdom that we have is in the fear of the Lord. And when we begin to disobey God, you run out of wisdom. We've seen people who have made decisions and you look at them and you're like mm -mm. this is no longer Martin the way we know him he cannot make that decision but they go ahead and make that decision because they have run out of wisdom because they have gone off the path that gives them wisdom look at what Adam and Eve did the Bible says, when they heard the sound of God, on verse number 8, they heard the sound of God. What did they do? They went to hide themselves from the presence of God among the trees. Now, this is the funny part of it. They are in a garden that God created and a garden that God oversees. He knows every place in this garden. There's no place that's hidden from him. And the Bible says, 
Adam and Eve. Amfanditu Mungu akubwela kuba sound ya Mungu walking in the garden. He say ah let's go and hide. And then they go and hide. Among the trees that God created. Among the trees that only God has control over and he just gave them to say okay you can you can also have dominion over this. But he is the supreme overseer of everything that's in that garden and they say okay let's go and hide from his presence who does that and then they go and hide and they think god is not going to see them and god god god, god actually just asks one question adam where are you it doesn't mean that god didn't know where adam was he knew but he was like what are you doing You think you can hide from me? That's exactly this is exactly the kind of thinking that's associated with diverting from the path of the Lord, from the way of the Lord. Because it that all that wisdom goes away. The reasoning ya game akano yoda buita kuta ay ay akula kulumena. You 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 could you could you you can do better. You can do better. Not not this kind of reasoning. You remember when we were kids I'm 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 one of those that used to steal sugar in the house. So you you're there you're stealing sugar and then they catch you. And then they catch you all the sugar cheeks and all that. It's it's it, it was always a funny moment because you're trying to hide what you were doing but the evidence is all over. <laughs> The evidence is all over. Okay. And you you're not even thinking that what I'm doing is very stupid. <laughs> okay? That's exactly what happens. When people are caught red-handed doing evil. It's a shame and the excuses that they make. You wonder why. Okay, you can find a better excuse. But not this one. Amen. Number three. You always find someone to point fingers at. You always find someone to point fingers at. A lot of ministries have been destroyed because when people divert from the way of the Lord, they don't want to take responsibility, but they want to find someone to blame. And these guys, God is saying. What what has happened? And Adam says, uh, "The woman you gave me." And then the woman, God asks the woman, "What have you done?" Uh, the serpent you gave me. I'm the serpent you put, you put us in the same place together. Amen. What they are actually doing here? What he, what Adam is actually doing here is saying, "God, you made a mistake." giving me this one for a wife because she has led me astray and then what eve is doing is god you made a mistake putting us together in the same garden with the serpent god god did not make a mistake it was their own choice to obey or to disobey but they found someone to blame i've i've i've, I've been in a situation uh there was a time i I, I used to work a lot, quite a lot in the remote areas, uh, 
So I've been in situations where we go to a place, myself with a driver, and we ask for directions. Okay? Now, these directions are being given to both of us. Okay? And at this point, what needs to happen is for both of us to be very attentive. Okay? And then, uh, we get the directions, we start off. Along the way, we get lost. And then we begin to point fingers at each other. But the truth of the matter is, the directions were being given to both of us. And at that point, both of us were supposed to be responsible, understand the directions, follow the directions. If we had not understood anything, the simple and uh, key thing to do was to ask. Okay. But in the end, we begin to point fingers at each other. A husband and wife, they make decisions together. It goes wrong, surely. One will be to blame because he was the one championing the decision. Or she was the one championing the decision. But the truth of the matter is, we need to take responsibility of our actions as Christians. We don't need to point fingers at each other. But when you go off the way or the path of the Lord, it becomes so easy. Because what you want to do is to cover yourself. And in covering yourself, basically, human nature, the ego will tell you, oh, no, it's not, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's their fault. Amen. Now, this is what God is going to do when we go off track. God will always want to put us back on track. Because he loves us. Amen. He will cover our shame. He will cover our shame. Adam and Eve, they went off track. The consequences will remain. The consequences, no matter what. I think Pastor the other day was preaching. He says, when you, when you, when you do something sinful, be assured that the consequences will follow. Okay? But what God does is to keep you as his children. And he will try all he can to put you back on track. And he will cover your shame. Amen. That's exactly what he did here. He had to go all the way to kill an animal to cover the nakedness of Adam and Eve. He had to go all the way to sacrifice his son, Jesus Christ, so that he can cover for our sins. That's, that's, that's how much far God is willing to go for our lives. Amen. If we, are, we, 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 we become very hesitant to let go of small, small things for the sake of other people. But God was so willing to let go of his son for the sake of you and me. And we keep disobeying him. But he will always make sure he covers our shame. Sometimes the other things that God would do he would put the tools on the path that you have chosen. You go the wrong way and God begins to put roadblocks. 
says, no, 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 this is not where I want you to go. Please come back. You try to do this, it doesn't work. You try to do that, it doesn't work. Look back and think and search, am I still on track? Oftentimes you find that you have diverted. You are supposed to be going this direction. You are going the opposite direction or you are going the different direction. But God puts roadblocks. He says, no, 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 you should not proceed. You should not proceed. Because he knows that Amen. So he would try to do that. To put roadblocks off. And the road becomes bumpy. It will become muddy. And then you begin to think, why, why, why is this, all these things happening? Check, are you still on track? Hallelujah. In closing, because of time, when we go off track and we realize we have gone off track, the wise thing to do is to return. Don't stay on the same lane. Don't stay on the same path. Return. Go back. On Wednesday, I was saying, I made reference to someone, some, something that I think pastor had made. He said, when you fall down and you remain down, that's foolishness. When you fall down, realize that I have fallen. And rise. Continue. Dust, dust yourself off and you continue. When you go off track and you realize that you have gone off track. Because the Spirit of God continues to direct us. The Spirit of God continues to... The Bible says, and you shall hear a voice from the back saying, this is the way, walk in it. And if you decide not to go on that way, the Spirit of God will still tell you, you have gone off track. That's where all these roadblocks, the bumpy roads, the muddy roads, and all that come into play. And you have to realize I've gone off track. What do you do? Take responsibility and return back to the right path. Amen. Lamentations 3 verse 40. Let us examine and probe our ways and let us return to the Lord. It is a responsibility of every Christian to examine their ways, probe their ways, and return to the Lord. Amen. Number two thing. Do not ignore the voice of the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of God is telling you, go back, this is not the way, don't ignore it. Listen to it and do the right thing. Isaiah 29, 24. Those who go off track will get back on track and complainers and whiners will learn gratitude. You surely go back on track if you listen to the voice of the Lord and do what the voice of the Spirit of God is telling you to do. Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Psalm 37, 23, 24. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. When he delights in his way, though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong. For the Lord upholds his hand. Colossians 1, verse 9. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding because these will guide us to go on the right path. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to bless you.
We want to thank you for your word. Oftentimes we wonder, oftentimes we go off the path that you've wanted us to be. But we pray in the name of Jesus Christ because we understand that you've given us the grace in your spirit that we can remain on track. May you guide our ways, O oh Lord. May your word continue to be the lamp to our feet so that we don't go off the path you've always wanted us to be. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. May the Lord bless you.